you're looking for a musical conversation with substance, inclusive, with hosts just like you, well, we have you covered. Welcome to the Music Challenge Podcast. Sit back and relax. I'm Andrew with Jake, Kevin, and Rob, and we're sharing our favorite top shelf albums. Come for the music and stay for the conversation. And welcome to the Music Challenge Podcast. My name is Andrew, and I'm here tonight with our panel panel discussing Kid A, the uh, infamous album from Radiohead. From uh, Rob, when was that album released? 2000. October. It's So it's almost been, or it's just past 21 years, October 2nd, 2000. Right. Wow. Wow. So uh, in any case, Rob is our resident Radiohead expert, and you are going to hear <laughs> lots of great little tidbits tonight from Rob. Uh, first, we want to uh, meet our panel tonight. Uh, Jed, how are you doing? Hey, um, I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. I uh, just finished a bathroom project that took us like all, more than double the amount of time to do it. And uh, that feels really good. So I'm feeling like I can just like do like anything around my house. I can sweat yeah. or drywall, whatever I want. I could, I could, I could pull it off. Um, it, looks, it, it did. It, looks it, it did really yeah. fuck up my hand. I have got, I, I always had some like minor <laughs> carpal tunnel and uh, it's really bad now. So next week I get to go get an EMG, which is where they stab you with lots of needles and electric mm. shock you. Nice. And so I got to do that. And then the day after that is uh, my 16th wedding anniversary. We're going to go see Mo. Oh, Talia, dude. Talia Hall oh. And uh, stay downtown. That's our, That sounds like fun. Yeah. So like, I'm stoked. This is going to be a great week. And I'm, and I'm helping like a good friend open a brewery. Wow. I've been working over there and yeah, it's awesome. It's going to be great. Is this the friend, uh, is this the friend who lost the brewery? No, the this is not. That was Skeleton oh. Key. That was a, uh, another local brewery in Chicago, you know, Western Burbs. And uh, this is a guy who actually worked with them a little bit on an incubator program. So this is John Miller and he is opening Bubble House Brewery in Lyle. Oh, in nice. That can't, that's um, on my way home. And I saw oh, it. I sold skeleton key some material to fix their shit after the uh, oh nice tornado yeah oh good deal one of my customers is doing small work. world it's a small world yeah man we've met so many good people from there people you probably know from your time Maybe. where you grew up um, um, but yeah man uh, let's move on for me I've been talking too much Drew no. yes what what is what was your last fishing catch. Ooh. Okay, let me describe Ooh. this to you. Uh, I went to Brass Pro Shop about three o'clock in the afternoon. I bought some night crawlers. Okay. Right, right. So, uh, and then I went over to this place that I call My Pond because it used to be over by where I lived. And, and no one's uh, ever there? Is it just all uh, Most you? Times there's not anyone there. Yeah, yeah. There's always remnants of people fishing there, but yes. never, I never really saw someone fish there. I fished there a bunch. No, not really, but people definitely fish there, just not when I'm there. But uh, it's pretty awesome bluegill pond, and frankly, I needed some slump busters uh, for fishing. Sure. Because I hadn't caught anything in a while. So uh went there and uh, caught a bucket mouth bluegill. Uh, nice. Yeah, just gigantic. No, not really. About the size of my hand, and it gave a, gave a good fight. Okay. So that was my last fishing it's, adventure. I thought I would try and review that like a Mike song from 1994. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I've been watching uh, tons of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, yeah. You mentioned that before. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's actually damn good, to tell you the truth. Addictive? It, yeah, it's addictive because it's, it's all about the characters and whatever. So, and of course, sure. the... Uh, uh, effects are, are pretty damn good, and the show is damn is it's thirty years old. It came out when I was in high school, uh, into college. Uh, but eh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. So, you know, right for someone who's got a little bit of time on their hands, you might want to check that out. My uh, father-in-law has always been a big next gen guy, and we like we've always thought about Jordy. I know nothing about Star Trek. I never watched it. Hey, was it either until about six months ago? <laughs> oh, but, you, so here we are. You know. Uh, any case, uh, Kevin, 
What's up with yes. Tina, man? Ooh, um, so I just had a nice weekend of live music. I saw five, oh, yeah. six bands, probably six or seven bands in two days, but five that I really wanted to see. And that was, uh, I got to see Tobacco City. I got to see Liam Kazar, Riley Walker, Acid Dad, and Frankie and Witchfingers. Um, it was and folks. We've talked about all this music probably once or twice, but this is a legendary weekend, and Kevin is doing the work, for Christ's sakes. I mean, he's doing the work. Anyways, go ahead, Kevin. Well, it was cool. I was able to tape all of it, and so, um, yeah, it like it was a cool weekend of live music. I've got more awesome. coming this next weekend and next into the following week. So yeah, Rocktober's in full effect. I'm excited. I don't know. Um, full steam ahead, you know, <laughs> like the kids, like life is, you know, like juggling full speed. Everything's on a treadmill. Totally. I don't know. I mean, you're just, you're it, explaining it was fun. the, the, uh, the beauty of living in the city. Yeah. Right now. It, like it, I wish I had that kind of access because oh, not man. like moving out to the burbs really has cut down on my like regular was, music. Yeah. Like, small music, you know, small venue viewing Sunday night yeah. bars yeah. and Sundays. Yeah. That's yeah. It was about a 15 minute drive down there and, you know, a couple drives around the block looking for parking, but basically, you know, um, it was a free festival on Saturday. It was beautiful weather, absolutely gorgeous. And I was able to walk right up front, get some chopper free recordings and, you know, everything kind of worked out. Chompers are people who talk. <laughs> yes. In in the background, like randomly in the background. And, and well, whatever. Yeah. A free festival like that, you're expecting yeah. people to just kind of talk with their friends, that sort of stuff. But like, I don't know. I was there to hear the music and not quality conversations. Music. So I was able to capture some pretty good recordings of some really good bands. And that was cool. Um it, miss, can we can we post like you guys honestly his recordings and it, it's pretty awesome um super listenable the quality's awesome can we post them or is that not cool like on our facebook page or something so they can maybe a link uh, to uh are you putting them on soundcloud or it, just a matter of whether it's cool with him that's okay so that's his i got you i got you yeah oh, tell, I, mention real quick what what old boy said about your recording this possibility this isn't locked in but sounds cool well i think um i don't know the the riley walker recording may end up coming out like as a band camp release or like a merch table thing how cool That'd is be that so cool yeah um the recording was pretty good there was a little clip in it unfortunately um where siri started coming out. Um, it just makes a point. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. It's right. right. But I, it was, it was like cool every dead it, tape ever. Right? Like it got cut during the banter into the f opening strums of the song. So it wasn't so bad. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it cut any impactful part of the music. Um, there you but go. It was cool. Yeah. But I mean, they jammed hard. That band is really, really good. Um, so that was fun. Um, it was fun. How about you, Rob? What's going on with you, buddy? Um, so I don't know, same old BS, I guess, busy with work and stuff like that. But um, um, just why am I why am I blanking out here for Christ's sake? Oh, I've been watching a a, a ton of playoff baseball, which well, I, yeah, I've seen uh, some of that. I I miss yeah. The, the excitement <laughs> I know and I was pulling for him, but we don't know but, how the Astros cheated yet I'll go on this podcast and, and say it. damn it and, <laughs> and that's what that's what I can't get out of my head just like a Ben the Ben Roethlisberger's of the world or whatever I can't root for him I can't root for the Astros anymore and plus they're no. playing a Chicago team but they're a bunch of fucking cheaters they so are the Red Sox and I didn't know this but explain in a in a nutshell I mean, they got caught with the Apple watches and stuff the year before the Astros did. Yeah, they got caught beforehand, and that was what kind of... So they were somehow buzzing with Apple watches when the fastball was coming or something? 
They mm-hmm. were relaying signs from the bases to the dugout to the to the hitter and stuff using. Apple so they watches. were using haptics, no. haptic responses on Apple watches to relay to really relay like, hey, the two is the fastball or something wow. like that. Yeah, That's, there was like a major that makes me want to about think about it. how to do that while that counting cards. Talk. Like, how do I? <laughs> How do, yeah. I, how do I, I relay know. Apple Watch haptics to, <laughs> to Blackjack? <laughs> no, no doubt. No, I won't do that. Any casino pit bosses listening to this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> this okay, it was just a joke. We're not serious. Sure. You've been watching anything, Ron? Say that again. You've been watching anything? Um, this this TV show called Animal Kingdom and it's a wild premise and crazy. I got to get back into it. I've watched like half the half the first season. There's five seasons. It is over the freaking top. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Um, wait, wait, I think wait, the re- it's it's on TNT. The fifth season I think is currently on TNT, but it's oh, right. the the other seasons are on Amazon Prime and it's it's really freaking cool. It's really mm. cool. Yeah. My TV show plug is on Hulu. It's called okay. Reservation Dogs. It's really good. Um, okay. It's like a, uh, it's from the guy who does uh, What We Do in the Shadows, Taika Waititi. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, really? It's about like a bunch of kids of on a, it's about, it's about a bunch of kids on a reservation and, um, like they're hijinks, but there's drama to it. It's a comedy with drama and I don't know, it's a good story. And um, right. I'm about half, uh, I don't know, half the first season in and it's really good. Nice. Yes. Okay. Right. I got one too. I just got one real quick one. Uh, also on Hulu, we finished the second season of Dave that we just got turned on to. Any okay. of you guys okay. no. know it? No, I've Explain seen it, it, but no. So Dave, yeah. so Dave is a, uh, he's little Dicky, who's like an actual rapper who's constantly struggling to like get out of the comic scene. Okay. And uh, so think about like, it sounds terrible on paper, but curb your enthusiasm with like, I don't know, a bunch of hip hop and like tons of like real hip hop cameos of people playing <laughs> okay. themselves of this like Jewish guy trying to crack into the like real hip hop scene and uh, in a very curb your enthusiasm kind of way. And, and, uh, but it's like all, all like him being serious about it, like being like, I am the best rapper in the world, like 100 <laughs> percent legit. Like he thinks he's amazing and still does. And like they made, you know, they made that close called dave and it's, dave on Hulu. On Hulu. it's a riot like I and mean, if you know anything about like in any way like you're gonna probably if you like comedy dry weird funny kind it's foul as hell like it's great everything is awesome about it so funny have you guys have you guys seen the new Chappelle special on netflix no i have oh not my seen god it. dude it's his last like installment he owed him like five comedy stand-ups or something <laughs> and it's the last one it is wow I mean, oh wow! He is just—he's wow. like the Michael Jordan of stand-up. That he can keep it up. Christ yeah. Like, all yeah, right. Totally. Um, all right. Let's so, bust in here. So what we're what we're talking about today is Kid A, and um, like Drew said, came out in two thousand, um, and this was my entry into the world of Radiohead. And these three guys know, like. I fucking love them. I've seen them, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 times, something like that. My wife as well. My daughter's seen them twice. Um, And when I heard this album, like it came highly recommended from some people, you know, not one of these three, but like these three whose music opinions I absolutely adore. And it just caught me. And then... I went like kind of back in their catalog, but particularly um, when it caught me, I was living in the city and um, city of Chicago. Yes. Yes. City of Chicago. And I don't know if you guys know this, but in 2000 Radiohead did a free concert in Grant park at right after they released kid a and I was, I knew it was going on and I was just peripherally learning kid a and I used to take 55 to Lakeshore Drive and I drove past that motherfucker 
And I kicked, that's like one of my biggest regrets ever. And it was supposed to be epic, but they just, I don't know why they did it in Chicago. I don't know why they did it for free, but they set up, set up in Grand Park and played a bunch of fucking new music that they hadn't played in ever in anybody. And, um, so were you, were you into uh, Radiohead before Kid A? Uh, peripherally, I knew them. And I, I started to hear more and more. And guys, we've talked about I mean, they this. They had the like, radio hit, Creep. Right, correct. So I knew of them. I knew, I remember seeing them live at the Beach House on MTV. And they played that tune. And I was like, God damn, that guy looks like Martin Short, the dude that sings. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get it out of my head. Good one. Apparently, Tom was like an inch away from getting absolutely electrocuted, like to the hilt, because it was a pool there and something happened. And one of their pieces of equipment, I don't know, it was a crazy story. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, a great friend of mine had a female roommate and she went to school in Arizona. And I like back to, I'd started to hear more and more about Radiohead from people whose opinion, musical opinions I respected. And she said, when, when OK Computer came out, which is the previous album, everybody in college had it and we drilled it into the ground. It's one of the most amazing records ever written. That was mine. And I was like, and I was like, interesting. And then like fast forward six months or something. And there's this buzz about Kid A and Missy and, and Drew, you know, Missy that I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, who's one of our great friends still is she said bobby listen to this record and i remember the day morning bell caught me and i couldn't wait to get in my car and go get lunch because i was going to fucking listen to it on the way there and on the way back um some morning bell caught you first huh that was the first song that i was like i can't get enough of this tune so and it's so this record this band has been important to me for years and like it's been a part of mine and my wife's relationship too she loves live music and i dragged her to a to a radiohead show my first radiohead show her first radiohead show and friends of ours nathan and ann's first radiohead show at alpine valley and she went because we were dating and she wanted to be with me and we were all going to the show um, it was a beautiful night. We walked in, they started right then and it was three songs deep. And she looked at me and she said, this is the best fucking concert I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, yes, you know, they played, it was so, it was so fucking cool. And then now she's obsessed. So, um, there's that dynamic as well, but Kid A is a record was groundbreaking in so many ways and they changed their style as they were kind of creeping towards that on okay computer they went all in and challenged themselves and said we're not going to play like a drums bass guitar vocals record we're going to think outside the box we're going to challenge ourselves and we're going to change instruments and if there's something that you can't do in this song then you don't play on the song so you got to find your spot in what you're gonna do musically which is fucking cool as shit right on on. very evident very evident. yeah it really opened the door to experiment should we launch into the album should we get a taste of what yeah let's jump in let's do it so I get, I have to admit, like, uh, everything in its right place, uh, which opens with what I would consider a beautiful little keyboard. Uh, Absolutely. Perfect four or five notes or something, whatever that is. And uh, uh, I just love this song. It's, it, has, it has an effect on me, which is uh, uh, beyond music. And to open an album with it, it's all of a sudden, it, it like sets a mood and a tone so right away. It is, it like snaps you into the, to the album's world.
it, it absolutely like opens the album perfectly. And, and my wife, Jennifer, you're going to hear her a lot or hear about her a lot tonight. Um, she's like, think about like, that is one of the most amazing openers on any record you've ever heard. And it's gotta be the best Radiohead opener. And I was like, babe, right. I think you're right. With the babbling right. behind it, all yeah. that, you know, yes. behind like the building it keys. Feel, Go ahead, Kevin. It feels like Pink Floyd. Yes. It, it feels modern. like Pink Floyd in that way. Yeah, it's it's like kind of the updated computerized version of Pink Floyd. I don't know. Like in that way, like yeah, this music is but it it's also new and different. Correct. In ways that nobody had kind of traveled down. And before. dark, right? Like I've I talk about like dark, it's lonely. How, how I like dark kind of minor chord sad stuff. I don't know why but it, it, but it attracts me. And this is like the epitome and people kind of throw Radiohead shit for that. Right. Like in Radiohead fans and whatever, but fuck you. It's well-written. It's freaking, it makes you feel, it makes me feel at least. Yeah. It definitely makes you feel. And it like, I, I, I texted you guys after I listened right. to this for the first time after a, you know, a long time, but like this was on my regular listening list for you know several years in my 20s i love that uh, i love that text by the way yeah i hadn't listened to it probably like i don't know six seven years or at least all the way through right and uh and i was like i had a not like an hour long drive and i like hopped in my car and i've got my little like you know hippie speedball like just getting going for the drive coffee and uh, and some coffee and some pen. Right, uh, dude, that's perfect. And I get, you know, I'm like trying to pick out what my listening, and I'm like, oh, I realize, like, oh, we've got to listen to this. And I put it on. It was like foggy as hell. It's like seven o'clock in the morning, and this comes on. I'm like, oh, this was perfect. And like, hell yeah, the entire. I mean, and this, the whole album really is just a perfect study of like turning your, using your voice as an instrument. And like right. I think Tom York That's does that sure. so massively totally. like on this track and in, on so many. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was a perfect start to that day. And uh, just, it's a beautiful album. But moving so, on to the namesake, right? Yeah. So <laughs> Kid A and, uh, and I know we took a bit of time with everything in its right place, but yeah, right. This, this tune, obviously uh, the album name as well. I, I can't put my finger on it and it's so fucking weird, but it is absolutely gorgeous. And like there's, so every single song on this record has at some point or another caught me where I was like, fuck, that's good. And like, I got to keep listening to it. Right. This tune, I remember exactly when it caught me and I, and I liked it, but I went to see him in St. Louis whatever their St. Louis blues hockey stadium is. And we had really, really good seats again with our friends, Nate and Ann and my wife. Um, And they busted into this and they hadn't played it in a minute And to see them. And this is another thing that you um, folks should understand about them live is they may play a song a certain way in the studio, but then they kind of, relearn how to play it live they like write a tune and and record it in the studio and then they figure out how to play that live which is i think it's just such a crazy talent like you know what i'm saying and they might not play it the same way they do in the studio you know and, and they can use a lot more electronic stuff and whatever but they figure out how to play it live and so like he's singing through like a some sort of I don't know what electronic it is. Voice, I mean, voice synthesizer or something. Yeah, yeah I, filters, I, pedals, like whatever voice box is what I came up with. And it was not like Frampton, but uh, well, a little bit like that. I mean, just with some different settings. But I mean, but, you know, he's you know he's singing through this box all the way. Yeah. 
part of why he did that was, I, and I love that effect on his vocals in this tune. It's so fucking creepy. Um, so the reason he did that was Johnny brought that song to him and it totally sounds like a song that Johnny Greenwood, Johnny Greenwood, the multi-instrumentalist, like part of the brains behind Radiohead. Um, and he brought that song to Tom and Tom's like, I fucking love it, but I hate my voice on it. And I think, but I'm not a hundred percent when they play this live, somebody else controls that vocal effect on Tom's voice. And he just sings and they somehow manipulate it. Like, from, I think it's Ed O'Brien that does it, but it's, it's, it's just a sight to see live and it sounds like it, but you know, that's not how they played it and wrote it in the studio. It's fucking sweet. I'm assuming like you go to a Radiohead show, like every song is pretty much a show stopping number. Like it's got the full on light, light gear with it. The whole, the whole spiel. Like it's, big, it's almost like big, a dead show where every fucking song is like, could be the encore of another band. Big fucking rock and roll, dude. I mean, it's like sense stadium rock and roll. Oh yeah. And they fill every, you know, every inch of that. And right. that, that, that leads us into, and again, folks kid a let it catch you it'll kick in the ass but anyways that leads us into the next song if we're talking about arenas the national anthem oh yeah Um, can i just can i say that this may be the most iconic baseline of any fucking rock song written post 2000 in the past 25 years i will give you that Talk about an enduring baseline that just allows for all. So that baseline was actually what we uh, led the show off with. If uh, if you didn't recognize it, it's kind of hard not to give you another little dip. Yeah, really. (laughs) If you're going to listen to a Radiohead podcast, I would imagine you want to hear that within the first thirty seconds of for sure of you. Checking it out. By the way, we're not a Radiohead podcast. We're just trying. <laughs> we're just so, talking about this record. So the, na- um, the national anthem is just a kick-ass tune. I mean, right? It, you know, the baseline opener is classic. It's driving, and then Identi- like it, immediately identifiable, right? Like oh yeah, instantly, right? <laughs> and it just holds up. It it's the backbone for all the chaos that goes around all around it it's like a tornado and then, of chaos. And then we have the horns oh, horns fucking horns. horns oh horns. my god they're just amazing just get dissonant and float away from everything and then rein it back in. It's just, it's right. beautiful. Yeah. And it's beautiful chaos. And, I don't know. And speaking of like, we're talking about them filling a stadium, big rock and roll. I mean, this will shake your soul for Christ's sake when you see it live. And it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, do they extend it out at all or is it just like you're, yeah, and they they do some improv. Not saying they jam it or anything like but, that, right? But, I mean, but like, thing with it. And a cool, really neat thing that I heard in an interview with Ed O'Brien, who's a rhythm guitarist, and you know he does like programming and I don't know twist and knobs. I don't know exactly what he's doing, but like he does a lot of sampling. And he said we've always been of the school, like we don't pre-can samples. When I'm on stage and I'm leaning down. I'm making my own sample to put in to really for right. So he's wow. like, he's like, dude, if we do that, then we're just pushing a button. So we make our own samples on stage. It's so, I mean, it's is electronic as it sounds. It's really fucking organic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, so anyways, God, we're never going to get through this. If I take this goddamn line, each one of these, I think stunts, we're doing but, fine. Yeah, we're doing great. 
Yeah. But, but folks, it's worth it. And if you're following and you haven't heard this record, you got to. Right. So, the national anthem should be the first song you hear. I mean, right. <laughs> Just I mean, with that. <laughs> that's the litmus test right there. If you don't right. like national anthem, you probably then, don't radio head. Maybe not. Yeah. You're right. Go listen to the right. Benz. Maybe. <laughs> God, I love I that. Right. Like something too. else then. Uh, but, uh, well, I guess you could say you're not going to like this album, but, um, and then it we have very, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say it is very typical of what this album has going, right. going forward. Right. So go ahead with your, so please bring up tree fingers. No, how to disappear completely. Yes. Oops. How do, how do I, how do I skip that song? Which I absolutely uh. adore. Um, how to disappear completely simple, right? In that that simple acoustic guitar strum, but haunting with Johnny's noise that he makes in the background. Haunting is a great term, you know, it, reference it is, for it. it. Yeah. Tom's voice begins to like match the strings in the song and then all of it melts away. And then it's just Tom's voice for a second. And then it comes back. It's fucking brilliant. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's a, no, it's an amazing track and it's just such a great kind of mood shift from the intensity that comes from national anthem. That's a good right? point. Like, too. Because, like it's such an in your, like national anthem, such an in your face song. And then how to disappear completely. Like just kind of, yeah. It's almost like delicate. It's really, right? yeah. Right? It yeah. really wraps right? around. <laughs> it's like, okay, we're going to pull back. Yep. In, yeah, the musical retreat of it is, I think, it, it is remarkable in that way. And I think it's intentional. And I think Radiohead is smart enough to pull it off with intention. They're absolutely calculated. I mean, I think yeah. that you're right. They didn't, they didn't wing it. Yeah. <laughs> right. With, right. With all the music they had available to them to put on this album, because as we also know, they released a second album of the same of material of the same period. I, right. right. Recorded in the same sessions, Amnesia. Yeah, right. And they thought about a double album, but also thought it would just be too dense for your average listener who doesn't want right. to hear 25 right. songs in a row. They can't uh, handle it. Right, right. So, or they could make more money. And And they were fulfilling a contract with a record right. label they needed, and they were exactly. obviously, obviously trying to make it meaty. So they're like, all right, kid, a amnesiac. All right, we're done with you. And then they, you know, yeah. So they got so them they had, out of their record. Contract, right. right. So they had a lot of songs to choose from to put on this particular single album. And, you know, definitely with intention, they could, you know, how, how to disappear completely is almost like if national anthem is the acid drip, how to disappear completely is the next morning. Right. Where you're, where you're just like, oh, real world again. <laughs> right. Even though it's it's pretty wispy in its own right. Um, you know, and frankly, it's not my favorite song on the album, but, you I know, love, that's, I love it. It's, that's just me. And, you know, I was never able to like 100% commit to Radiohead. It was kind of like, kind of because of songs like this that like uh, Tom York, you know, a little bit. But, you know, there are other ones I love uh, a lot more that he's a part of. But, you know, I don't mean sure. to be the, the bringer no. of doom to the podcast. <laughs> like, oh, my God, he's not. Somebody's got somebody's got to be. No, I'm freaking out over this guy. No, it's I mean, I think the the reality of it is, is that Radiohead is a fucking mood. Yeah. Like, yeah, 100%. Totally are. That's a, like that's a pretty and, profound statement. But you're right. right. Right? No, like they're an entire fucking mood. Totally. And 
I think there's a lot of other possibilities when it comes to where you want to have your headspace. And I think that's kind of where, where Radiohead maybe loses to other music. That's all. True. Like, yeah. like you had like, you know, 100% almost, like of mood. almost like you have to be in the mood for, okay. And I get that. And that's what freaks yeah. me out about myself sometimes. I think you're kind of beyond that, Rob. I mean, you're much more of a fan than needs to be in the mood for Radiohead. I mean, right. I just. But I think that's <laughs> I think that's part of the the beauty of like me like how I listened to it this last time because I felt I I found this album. It was like a good morning wake up call, you know. Like it starts out like super groggy, and and then there are like these bursts of energy, and you just it right? sort of builds as you go, and. Sure. Uh, yeah, I love that about about it. Um, and and honestly, if I've you gone have, back and forth with it too over the years, like I've been like, oh yeah, it's the best out, it's the best Radiohead album. And I'm like, eh, I'm not gonna listen to it for a long time, but now I'm like right. in a zone for sure. Right. So I mean, speaking of mood and setting the mood and being in the mood, or no, I don't mean that at all. Being in a mood, sure. uh, Tree Fingers. It's kind of like a sweet little interlude, right? And definitely psychedelic um and we all know how much i like psychedelic yes we do <laughs> um which leads into and in can i can i bring this one up no not yet i think we should okay. take a break here on the Ooh, challenge podcast that, that was almost like a cool cliffhanger right there oh my god what is he gonna bring up next yeah. Right on, right on. Let's right, stick around. Stick around. I'll give you a little bit of tree fingers to send you out. Uh, listen to our brief notes, and then we'll come back in just a minute or two. And uh, Smoke them if you got them. Smoke them if you got them, uh, once again. And uh, take it easy. You know, relax some kid. Hey, come back. Right on for the yeah. second half. See you. Right. Bye. from the Music Challenge Podcast, and I want to tell you how you can help us bring you more awesome music commentary episodes. You can subscribe in the listening app of your choice, or you can share this episode with someone you think might dig it. Please leave a rating and review for us on the listening app of your choice, or you can get in touch with us at musicchallengepod at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook. Just search Music Challenge Pod and like us to follow us. We hope you enjoy the Music Challenge Podcast, and thanks for listening. on the music challenge podcast my name is andrew and i'm here with my cast and crew of jed kevin and rob what up and, y'all? howdy y'all and we are discussing kid a tonight we just went through the first half of kid a and uh we're now gonna go through the second half a little bit and talk in, you know in a little bit more wider sense about radiohead and uh and perhaps some upcoming releases that they have coming out of it. and uh maybe Maybe, <laughs> maybe yeah, I'm, just, just, I'm just teasing. You're right. So <laughs> stay tuned for that. But uh, we just listened to Optimistic coming back in from the break. Uh, it's a song that I fucking love. Absolutely. Uh, oh, yeah. Amen. Definite, def- definite banger. Obviously, getting back into like the the stadium stuff. I mean, this exactly. one. Exactly. 
This yeah. one's f- full of sound and a lot of it. It's cool. Um, yeah, it rocks. It really does. You know, it's a big song. Like capital R rock. Right? Oh yeah. R-A-W-K, I would say. Um, <laughs> an A. Yeah. It's amazing to me <laughs> for how as dissonant as some of these songs are, uh, that they have so many hooks in them at the same time. Right. Like stuff that you find yourself humming, find yourself uh, you know, like just get earworms, you know, just that whole do totally. it's and, it's yeah, it's his set the sense of rhythm and his falsetto that hooks it hooks you in. Like he's such a good songwriter and he's such a good lyricist and he's yeah. so good at bringing it all together. Right. That those hooks just draw you in. Like in under certain conditions, like you may want to call them kind of whiny at times. Sure. But like they're the right kind of whiny. Right. And they they hook you in. Like the hooks in optimistic, I don't know. To me, like as good as national anthem is, as much as I love that song, this is the underrated banger on that Absolutely. Song. Like Absolutely. this song is the heater. Yeah. Right. Like I love this is what I think about when I that think kind about of shuffle, like, like that and right? that jangly like, guitar in the background. Right? I mean, it's yeah. the fucking cool as shit, dude. Yeah, there's this futuristic element to this song that you like nobody's ever done before. And, you know, I mean, we did an entire ass episode about this band being my blind spot, right? Sure. And so to me, the first like four songs on this album are like, you know, as good as it gets, right? Sure. And then to me, it takes a couple of little lulls, whatever, breathers. And then it gets back to it with this. I mean, and this is like another wake up call of like, hey, we're reinventing fucking rock music, y'all. Yeah. Right. Attention. And And, and we're being and we're being kind of smart asses. Like there's a smart ass tone almost to Tom York's voice at times or like a wry kind of tone Mm -hmm. to his voice. That just yeah, he's he, angry. He delivers it off. right. He delivers it so well, it. right? Um, yeah, in all the fields, right? Absolutely. And I, I yeah. gotta say, at this point, I've been waiting to kind of jump in with this. The bass player in this band is absolutely fucking dumbfounding. Uh, and you've perhaps, said that to <laughs> me. you've said that to me before. It, it, that I, makes I me a happy. bass player. And the thing is, you said something earlier about it. it's up to every player's up to every player to find their own space. Find their spot, the yeah, yeah. And this guy finds his spot where Absolutely. no one's even looking. I mean, it's not like a, this guy does not like play quarter notes. He does not, you know, he is not the, anyone's backing up, back up. I mean, he is, I mean, he finds these fucking grooves that just make you think you're going to come unhinged. Right. It is amazing. So during this, I mean, and, he, and it's on the mix, it's so understated too. I mean, you would hardly recognize yeah, the bass guitar. It. Yeah, it, but it's like so there. I mean, it's just it's the backbone of what's going on, right? And, you know, and this song is no different. I mean, like during you know when the whole thing resolves and you know kind of goes crazy. I mean, his bass line is just. I mean, it's epic, just epic. And we're absolutely we're talking about Colin Greenwood, by the way, who, right? who's a bass player, correct? Yeah. And the older yeah. brother of Johnny Greenwood. Yeah, like I mean, I think I I'm eating up every word you're saying about this, Andrew. As a bass player, uh, you can appreciate how impressive his licks are, and you know, like I echoing what I said before, man. To me, the national anthem baseline is, you know, like iconic, awesome, yeah. right? It's it it's just it's in the team photo. It's such a, a classic baseline, and right, like it just carries that song and sends shivers down my back. It does Seriously. right? It's yeah. I, I mean, it's definitely a like it's a backbone of this album in a way that holds down a lot of the chances that allows the other musicians. Like the craziness that ensues in that. Yeah, the chaos, the intentional chaos and the controlled chaos and all of that is anchored down by these baselines. Right. Exactly right. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a whole different way of playing than I'm, 
at all familiar with. <laughs> then we have the next song. In Limbo. In Limbo, which is a really tasty kind of rhythmic exercise. Absolutely. And and kind of gets out there and, um, you know, obviously this is some of what they were trying to do to challenge themselves to do different things. And like I put this in the category of Kid A, it's just like, it. I don't know what it is, but it's like, it's psychedelic and it oh it's feels, so psychedelic it feels, it feels like a floaty kind of thing that it feels like i'm yeah. falling down a spiral or yeah. something right like it's when you exactly that, yeah that little that little guitar lick and his voice just kind of bringing it yeah the psychedelia is right there for It's not screen. It's not just like in your face, like rock and roll. It's, it's not. Uh, yeah. It's however, like, it's if, quiet. I, if I had eaten a handful of mushrooms and we're sitting on someone's bed listening to this, I'd probably Thank feel like you. I'd be being eaten up by the comforter or something like Thank that. You know, <laughs> yeah. I would need to be like laying, staring at clouds. I was just thinking about that. I was like, that what would, would be, be the perfect nice. place to be yeah, listening to this like, right now. I like, bet that song feels 10 minutes. I want to be floating. I want to feel like I'm <laughs> maybe on a trampoline staring at the sky. Oh, mercy that would be okay. Or even on some like, like a nice grassy hill, like mm-hmm. laying back at the eight seventy eight eighty degrees, laying in the grass. That would be watching nice. yeah. a plane, a anyway. plane slowly drift by. Something, yeah. Um, so, any do, do we? Does anybody have any anything else to to? I, I, I don't know. I, I I think this is kind of a hidden gem on the album. It's a sleeper. Yeah, yeah it, it's a sleeper for mm-hmm. sure. For it, sure. Uh, Totally. It, it, it once again it can get caught in your head, and, and it is like falling down a spiral for sure. I, to summarize uh, our panel, I think. Um, but uh, then we have the next song, which is uh, pretty damn amazing. Videotech, my favorite. And in this is a tune that that I'm I'm fairly certain I'm right about this is based on four chords from. I don't know if it's a different, if it's different craftwork tunes or one craftwork, oh. but it's all based on, and it's like a, a shout out and an obvious inspiration to Radiohead craftwork. Sure. Um, and the, what we talked about, the musicians finding their space in songs on this song, Colin Greenwood plays those chords on some sort of, keyboard as opposed which is crazy and i didn't know this until i saw it live in this song live and i've talked about shaking your soul will absolutely shake your soul Quick story. Um, Autumn's first Radiohead show, Kansas City. Um, yes, my daughter. Um, and we had taken her out of school for a couple of days. And she, at the time, she's kind of like moved away from Radiohead just because her mom's crushed her with it, but she'll come back to it. Um, she, we took her to a show and it, she had this Kid A shirt she wanted to wear. And we walked to the show. It was like two blocks from our hotel at this like indoor stadium. And I told Jennifer, I'm like, if she, if it's too much, I'll move her back with me and you can enjoy the show. Like I'll, you know, have a couple beers and maybe smoke a hitter and that's it. I ate an edible. That's what I did. And she, we were on the floor and did I stood behind her and Jennifer and they absolutely loved it. I mean, they freaked And this at the time was one of her favorite songs and she lost her shit when they played this tune. It was, yeah. I was like tearing up behind my wife and daughter as they're just freaking out during Idiotech. Um, I mean, one thing that it struck me kind of right away is has 
a beat that could just pump out of a club. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. It rattles the whole fucking building. I mean, and you know, because they do it like at the beginning, it just like that bass drops like... And then you're like, oh my God, it just shakes you. And then yeah, here, I mean, um, and to tell you the truth, I actually saw something. I was researching the album a little bit. And like Tom York actually said, it's like we were going for a tremendous club beat on this. Right. Absolutely. And I was like, oh, vindication. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I mean, I mean, it's not a club song, is it? Really? No. I mean, in it's I could get, like, I, I'm sure that that DJs have taken it. Oh, I and, bet there's remixes. And, and done a lot dubs. of remixes yeah. of it. Yeah, <laughs> I bet you. But you're kind of right about that. To tell you the truth, I'm gonna go seek them out now. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta find those. Yeah. I was just yeah. listening to this right before we started. Yeah, I, I like, bet this oh, song. Man, for I, sure. I just love this as like a club beat. It's amazing. And that's another, obviously one of their influences. I shouldn't say obviously, but they, I mean, like, is it, is it called trap music? I don't know what it's called, but like trance. Tra- there we go. Yeah. EDM. I like Just trance. say EDM. EDM. But like, yeah, it, transit, probably old house. I actually don't know, absolutely. but I would, I would guess that Radiohead was probably into some like some old house, house for sure. Old for sure. Yeah, um, this song has grown on me. It wasn't something I immediately connected with. Um, I didn't skip over it, but I didn't love it at first. But I think upon re-listening to this album for this episode, it's really connected with me on some level. And I've deepened a sense of appreciation for it in a way that I haven't before. Right. So I dig it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really right single and I think charted pretty damn well. Um, I don't know how it did in America, but you know, but uh, but this album did pre- preview at number one on the charts in America. I do right, right, it did, and it like when this album came out, I was so down the fish rabbit hole, unfortunately, that I think I just didn't appreciate this music when it was coming while it was happening, you know, right. And um, it's one of those things that I wish I had dedicated a few more concert dollars to something. Yeah, I to bands like this, and a few less to maybe like string cheese. Or, sure, yeah. you know stuff sure. like that. I concur. Know? I, I should yeah. have thrown some. Uh, yeah, I'm. I regret never being able to uh, have seen these guys back in the day. Yeah, I uh, I did. I remember riding my bike past that Grant Park show. Like I went for a ride with a we friend. We were probably two was like, ships passing yeah, in the like night. We were just like sakes. living in the city, that like that college. June 2001? Something like that. Something, Something like that. Like, yeah. yeah. I was like yeah. just out of college. We were living on the north side and we went for like a long bike ride. And uh, like we're just catching it from kind of the exterior. But like, and we were like kind of into rate. Like there was no explanation why I wasn't there. Right. I was like listening to this album at that point. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we just went down there and it was busy. I don't know. It was something like we weren't, we weren't in it, but we were like cruising around, around it, listening right. to it. it was a strange, but That's awesome night. Crazy. And then I'm willing to say the next song uh, is my favorite non-anthem song on this album. Morning Bell uh, it is a mood and a half. Oh Yeah. Um, but in like, I, like Talk I about talked, two ships uh, passing in the night, man. Right. No it's doubt. the music for it. Like I talked about earlier during the opening, this was my gateway to Radiohead. This was the first song that caught me, and I was like, "Holy huh. shit, that's amazing!" Um, and the ironic thing was, and I God, I couldn't get enough of it. I remember it. Um, I remember being in, in Missy's Jeep and hearing it, and just being like, "My God, this is awesome!" Um, it's actually but, made some amazing interplay between Tom York and the bass player, like. It's both of them doing some sweet work uh, with each other uh, with, you know, like the bass player takes the lead while Tom York yodels over it. 
and the crazy <laughs> thing is like, I couldn't wait to hear it live. And like I said, I've seen him a bunch live and I think it took me six shows before I saw morning Poe live, which is crazy. Right. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, mean, crazy. It, I have no idea. It, 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 yeah. Anyways, I thought it was crazy. I mean, I know I saw me and my uncle in my first four dead shows. So who knows? What what is there? What what's their pattern for for live play? Like I haven't listened to a lot of Radiohead live. Like is it? Do they so, play a straight album? Do they play or is it a no amalgamation play, of whatever they want? Yeah, and they'll and and they'll go through, you know, a period where they don't play something for a while, you know, they, they hadn't played something for 10 years and then they'll bust it out and play it. Um, Are shows different or do they play a set? No, they basically play a set and it varies by like maybe they mix it up four or five song, four or five songs. Right. So, and that's part of the reason why a couple of times I missed morning bell, like they had played it the night before. before. I'm like, son of a bitch. They're not, they're not playing it tonight. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but this was, again, my gateway to Radiohead. And I got a story, too, about this tune. And, Drew, I don't know if you remember this, but this is early on. We were eat, we were having dinner at Nathan and Ann, our friend Nathan and Ann's place. And it was her condo that she had yeah. in Boys Town, right? Yeah. And we had just started talking about Radiohead. Nathan had brought up Radiohead. And you know, I know him and you as pretty tough music critic, critics. And I was just just starting to get into them. And these guys are coming from a heavy jam, like we talked about, fish, you know, what have you. And they both had expressed interest in, were talking about how they dug this record. And I remember Drew sitting across the table from me and going, cut the kids in half, cut the kids, which is a line from this tune. And I was like, I was like, holy shit. Drew likes fucking Radiohead. Awesome. Look at me now. And well, sing yeah. a podcast about Radiohead. Exactly. Damn. Exactly. Damn. But that that, that was a, a moment that I remembered Morning Bell, and I remember you doing that. I was like, "Holy shit!" You know, uh, I want to I want to tell this story real quick because uh, I think the dude's a listener, or at least someone in his family is. But uh, our man in Colorado uh, introduced me to. Uh, uh, Radiohead when I lived out there, uh, Mr. Oak tree. Oh yeah. Right on. And, uh, like I, I had a tape of it or can't remember what my car had at the moment, tape or CD. Probably, probably a burnt CD, right? Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, you know, and honestly, this is one of the first songs that gripped me because it just got stuck in my head, you know, like, it's got that hook and you can't really put your finger on it, but it does. And you're, you're absolutely correct. The Oak tree was an early champion of Radiohead. him and him and Missy were, were the ones that were like, you gotta check it out. Right. I love it that you brought him up and he is a listener. What Right on. Shout out to Oak tree out there in Colorado. Uh, So we have the last two songs, motion picture soundtrack. And then there's a hidden song. If you have uh, the CD, uh, which is, you know, a period of space after the last song. Uh, Correct. Known as Untitled. Uh, and these uh, are instrumentals uh, from what I remember. No, I mean, he definitely Just, sings over motion picture soundtrack. He's singing on he, motion picture soundtrack. Yeah, he is. He is. He's, Instrumentally. He's, there might not be words. He's, like, he's he's using his his voice as an instrument almost. Isn't he like moaning almost? Yeah, he's got yeah it might be words, but I, I don't know what. They're I mean, like a lot of radio. Atmospheric. No, what yeah. the hell? You need to know the, the lyrics. It's at, Yeah, it's atmospheric. I actually, I really love motion picture soundtrack. I think it's a sure. great, beautiful piece of music. They uh, um, actually said like, this was kind of a made about Disney. Like it was kind of their interpretation of Disney <laughs> music.
it could be on Fantasia, don't you think? Like, I feel like I've listened to this. Yeah, I, it can, could be. I can absolutely hear this in Disney. There's like the, that like totally shiny kind of like background you know, like, kind of music as you're yeah, walking but, through like yeah. Wonderland and prancing or something through like Wonderland. That. And this is playing in the background and some creepy, and then, you know, version of Disney. I kind of well, want to see it. Didn't Johnny Greenwood <laughs> write an entire ass movie soundtrack? At some point in time, right? Yeah, he scored movies. Yeah, he scored. Yeah, absolutely. And he's he's a, a can. Would it be called a conductor or an arranger or whatever? And that's some of the things that 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 Johnny does. Like, I mean, in on on albums after this too, like songs that write for Johnny to compose stuff with strings and horns and whatever. I mean, he's amazing. He's amazing. Right on, right on. So look at that. So Radiohead like became big quick. I mean, like really big. Quick. All of a sudden, they're stadiums, and, right. and it's like, so who were the people that were drawn into Radiohead? Like, what were the what were they listening to? And all of a sudden, they found Radiohead. And I think that's got to be an eclectic mix because you you obviously know where like what direction we all kind of come from. Sure. Like we're it, it, you know, we were all have heavy jam band for a long period of time but i think there were you know there's other you know people that were into like post-punk and and you know what i'm saying like there's a menagerie of people and that's a cool thing too about a radiohead show is it's it's nearly like um you know how how dead fans and fish fans are almost like pre-vetted like you know somebody's seen 25 shows they're a cool motherfucker more than likely right um or um, and Radiohead's got a little bit of that too. I mean, I brought my daughter when she was 11 years old to a Radiohead show and everybody was super respectful. In fact, somebody caught us on the way out and they're like, we walked to the stadium with you guys, behind you guys. We were right by you on the floor and we were walking back to the same hotel behind you. And we got to tell you, your daughter is one astute little Radiohead fan. And she <laughs> turns around and they're like, she's got a kid, I hate t-shirt on. Um, and we're like, this Man. is our first, sh- this is our first show. And they're like, Oh my God, how do you top this as your first concert ever? I'm <laughs> like, really I didn't even think fans. about that, but yeah, it was pretty cool. Like just cause people are respectful and neat. And, um, but these are, these are fans of like alternative rock, you know, electronic, sure. uh, experimental, progressive, Ab- absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I I mean, you know, so they drew on so many different genres, you know, and just kind of twist them into one band. And for for sure. And and most, most all those like weird, quietly rocks. Like that's the, that's the thing about Radiohead that puzzles, like still puzzles me is that they can be so quiet and melodic and, you know, just have this wisp to them and still be this rock. crazy rock band that so many that fills a stadium with energy right. and uh i think that those two things at once really make this really special thing that they they do hell yeah right on that's a, that's a great description there jed right on right on well that uh actually might wrap it up tonight for the music challenge podcast uh any parting notes um thanks y'all thanks for letting me oh what about you guys did oh rob rob you You want to touch on the uh the combo a little bit this is kind of timely and i'm glad you you reminded me jed but um radiohead is doing what was supposed to be a 20th anniversary but because of covid it ended up being a 21st anniversary um like re-release remaster and then a bunch of other stuff from the recording sessions of kid a and amnesiac it's coming out november 5th it's called kid amnesia so it's both records remastered and then a bunch of other stuff from those sessions um remastered or re-recorded because they did this for okay uh not okay for the 25th anniversary or 20th, 25th anniversary of OK Computer. Maybe it was 20th. Anyways, um, but it's coming out November 5th and I'm totally looking forward to it. My wife was 
freaking losing her shit when they announced it a couple couple weeks back. Well, and there's a single out from it too. Yes, like, there they, is. They did release a single. Which is really freaking cool. Again, from these sessions and like when they do this kind of stuff, like release stuff from the sessions from said album that you're super familiar with. It's so cool because you can hear like that's the that's where they were at at that point in time. But it's new to you, you know. It's also Um, remastered usually and that makes a big difference. If you ever have an album, you listen to a remastered version and non remastered usually means they fucked with the tapes and enhanced the sound. Right. Uh, you know, cooked it a little, a little bit more with modern technology. Right. And uh, you can usually hear quite a difference. And uh, I'd be interested to hear what these sound like now for sure. So, yeah, look for that. Kid Amnesia. Get amnesia. You got it. And Get look amnesia. for that new single. If you say the word, it's really Yeah, if you say cool. the word, it's out. It's on Spotify. I'm looking at it right yeah, now. Yeah, it's on iTunes too. Yeah, so. Uh, so find your, your favorite music service. And by the way, give us five stars while you're out there. Please. If you're still yes. listening, give us five stars. Review us, yeah. rate us, do what you can, uh, which is something I would hope. So uh, take it easy, folks. Uh, That will wrap it up for the Music Challenge podcast tonight. And uh, thank you to our panel, uh, Jed, Rob, and Kevin. And uh, I'm I'm Andrew. And uh, take it easy. We'll check out later. What are we going on? Oh, uh, Oh. we're going to go out on more video tech. I want to pound that bass just a little bit more. There you go. Okay. So, all right. Check it out. Take it easy. Talk to you later. Bye. See y'all.